but hopefully y'all get those filters back. I'm on live with no filter because I don't have filters anymore for right now. So I don't know what's going on, but hopefully we get them back. I heard that a lot of places are not are are ban or like banning them or I don't even know what's going on. But like I said, thank God we did years of therapy because I actually don't care. I mean, I prefer to have a filter, but I'm still going to come on social media without a filter. So it's never that deep. But and for those of you that aren't, and maybe you're going to have to get used to your face now. <laughs> I'm like almost convinced that the filter face is like my real face. You know, like I was going on a rant last night on live about how my filter face and like is like actually built my confidence. Like I know some people say that it doesn't, but like I have bad eyesight. So like when I look in a mirror from like this far away, I look like a bad bit, you know what I'm saying? Because I can't see all the little details because I don't, I don't, I don't wear my glasses. I haven't worn them in like five years. So when I look at myself in the mirror, I look good. When I look at myself with the filter, I look good. So that's all I know. So when I go out in public, I imagine my filter face, you know what I mean? So it's all about how you perceive yourself at the end of the day. <laughs> that's what I say. But anyways, hopefully they come back. Um, but for right now, no filters. We go on au natural. And today, as you guys voted, I gave you guys a chance to vote in the chat. So if you guys are listening to the podcast, get in our Wake Up With W5 chat because we voted on the topic today. Okay. We voted on the topic today and we are going to be talking all about imposter syndrome. Maybe the filters got some of y'all feeling imposter syndrome. I don't know right? Or lack thereof, the filters. So uh, I guess it's a good topic to talk about today. We're going to be talking about imposter syndrome today, okay? And what is imposter syndrome? Do any of y'all know? How would y'all describe it? Drop it in the chat. Let's see. <clears throat> Fresh face still popping. Thank you, Miranda. My face looks good, but on camera, I'm a whole different human. I'm dead. Jadora, same Feeling like a fraud, thinking that I'm not, you're not good enough. Good. Those are good ones. I love that. <clears throat> Definitely like that. And the definition is the persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has legitimate, legit, legitimately achieved as a result of one's own efforts or skill. Some of you guys are saying feeling undeserving, feeling like you're not meant to be where you are, even if you worked hard to get there. Facts. Amelia said, maybe the ego appearing to be one thing and not feeling good enough. Zadie said, feeling like you don't deserve the success you've earned. Uh, Nadia said, like, I'm fake if I show up extroverted when I'm a person who's not, I'm naturally in introverted. Wow. I like that. That's a, that's a good, that's a good, um, like a more detailed example. So I'm gonna read it one more time. The persistent inability to believe that one's success is deserved or has been legitimately achieved as a result of one's own effort. So basically feeling like your success is not deserved or like it's not real. Like you didn't really, it's not really because of your hard work and effort. And imposter syndrome guys is actually extremely normal. And I feel like that's not talked about enough, especially because it's called in syndrome, right? Like it's it's like it's like something like you you catch like an illness or something like that, right? But it's actually a really really normal thing to experience. Even some of the most famous you guys know Albert Einstein. When you think of Albert Einstein, what do you think of? Drop it in the chat. When you think of Albert Einstein, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? 
on her chair. Hi, I like your pails. <laughs> Cute. Am I freezing? Don't make me freeze. How is it now? Is it okay? Okay, let me know if I freeze again. But when you think of Albert Einstein, what do you guys think of? Let me see. Oh, somebody said crazy hair. I'm dead. Smart, kooky, genius, genius, smart, brilliant, genius. Yeah, see? Is it better now? I'm good now? Okay, so Albert Einstein actually once described himself as an involuntary swindler whose work didn't deserve as much attention as it had received. Can y'all believe that? Can y'all believe that? Albert Einstein, okay, one of the smartest men in the world, literally one of the greatest inventors in the world who left such a, literally everybody in the world knows who he is, described himself as an involuntary swindler whose work didn't deserve as much attention as it had received. That's crazy to me. Do you guys know who Maya Angelou is? If you know who Maya Angelou is, drop in the chat something, the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about her. Maya Angelou. When a cage burns, sings, an author, a writer, a poet, an activist, civil rights, her quotes, activist, very influential woman, very influential woman. And you know what she says? After writing nine books and winning many awards, the poet and the author, Maya Angelou, said, I've run game on everybody and they're going to figure me out soon. She literally thought that she didn't deserve her accomplishments. She literally thought that she was running like a joke on everybody. And it was like, she was basically tricking everybody into, into, into her success. And she said, I've run game on everybody and they're going to figure me out. Can you, can you believe that? Someone in the chat also said, did you know that Einstein had a disability? Okay. This, these are two phenomenal, remarkable people in the world. So if these two people who had achieved such amazing things in life, really uncommon, extraordinary things, if they deal with imposter syndrome, then you will too. Then you're going to deal with imposter syndrome too. It just made it seem so normal to me. This feeling of feeling like, like a fraud, feeling of fraudulence or feeling like you didn't actually earn your accomplishments or like maybe the ideas or the skills or the accomplishments that you have are not worthy of other people's attention. This feeling of, of this unwarranted sense of like insecurity, all of that is actually really common, really, really common. So the first part about what we're teaching about imposter syndrome is that it's completely normal. So if you're experiencing it, oftentimes we think we're the only one, but we're not. The, there's a psychologist called Dr. Pauline Rose Clance, who was one of the first to study imposter syndrome, right? One of the first to study in, imposter syndrome. And she studied a lot of undergrad patients when, as a therapist, while she was a therapist, she studied a lot of undergrad uh, patients. And even though they all had high grades, they didn't believe that they deserved their spots at the university. 
They were going to these pre prestigious schools. And even though they all had super high grades and they had all applied and they all been accepted, they literally thought that they didn't deserve their, their spots. Some of them even used to say that they thought that them being admitted was some, side of, some, some sort of mistake and they just got lucky because there was some sort of glitch in the system. And it's not like one person. This is a study of many people that thought the exact same thing. So they find this feeling of imposterism against, they find this feeling of imposterism everywhere, across all genders, across all ages, across all races. And so calling it a syndrome really downplays how, how global it actually is, how universal it actually is, because it's not a syndrome at all. Syndrome is something that you, you think that not everybody has. But imposter syndrome is something that is so normal. Like we said, Maya Angelou, uh, Albert Einstein, some crazy successful people. It's not a disease, it's not an abnormality. It's actually been tested and it's not even directly tied to depression, anxiety, or self-esteem. Meaning that you could have a good mental state and you could have good self-esteem and you could still be experiencing imposter syndrome. So internally, you know, you're, you're not, you have this feeling that you know that you're not skilled enough or you're not experienced enough or you're not qualified enough or you're not even just enough, justified enough to be somewhere. You're sometimes in a room and you're like, man, I shouldn't even be in this room. I shouldn't even be in this room. So it really is so global. And it's not a fear of failure. It's not like you're scared you're going to fail. A fear of failure is something completely different. But it's a fear more like, it's like a feeling more like you got, you, got, you got away with something and you might get caught one day. Like you're on the run. Like, you know, like if they really find out who you are and how you are, then your success is going to be taken away from you. If they really find out, like, I feel like we feel that a lot. Like maybe we show up on social media and we're super motivated and we're super, you know, trying to people and share our business and, and, and be the best version of ourselves. And then maybe one day we're not productive at all. We stay in bed till like 1 PM and we're like, Oh my God, if they found out that we stayed in bed till 1 PM today, they think that we were lady lazy shit. When really we all have those days, don't we? Well, most of us, some of us have kids, so we can't really have those days, but you know, <laughs> we all have those days where we're not necessarily proud of our productivity. So it's more like a feeling like you got, like, like you're kind of getting away with something. And so if you know that it's going to be there, and if you know that you're not going to be able to get away from it because it is a normal phenomenon, then we need to learn how to harness it and turn it into a force for good, right? Because newsflash, it doesn't go away with any level of success. The more successful you get, you're not gonna experience less imposter syndrome. And that's often what people think. They think I'm gonna get rich, I'm gonna get successful. And when I get rich and successful, I'm no longer gonna feel this way, but that's not the case. Leah Lopez said, sometimes even feeling like everything you've done is not enough, true, right? Like you're just, it's just not enough. So, there was this YouTube comment that I remember when I was watching videos and it said, I really love what it said. It said, I remember reading somewhere that there are no actual adults 
that adults are actually just children pretending to be all grown up, afraid of being found out at any given moment. It made a lot of sense to me back then and still does. We are essentially imposters. Some of us just have been at it a little longer than others. I freaking love that. I thought it was so funny because it's so true. Like nobody really knows what they're doing. They're just kind of figuring it out along the way, you know? And we always put people on such a fucking pedestal. Like when I worked in HVAC, when I first started in HVAC, I remember I was working at my dad's company and I would have huge imposter syndrome because I never went to school for HVAC and I never actually worked in the field. So my knowledge level was always lower than anybody else's, right? My knowledge level was a lot lower. So when I would get on the phone with people or when I would talk to people, I would always feel like they're gonna find out like I didn't know as much as them. Meanwhile, I was talking to clients, like clients don't even like, they're not even like HVAC experts, right? Like that's why they use us. And so my dad was always like, he literally told me, he's like, you'd be surprised at how many people literally don't know what the fuck they're talking about, but they're just confident when they're talking about it. Because my dad is someone who is like very, I would, I would argue one of the, one of the most uh, well-informed or, or like he studies the trade a lot. I would say his knowledge level is probably the best in the GTA. He doesn't have the biggest company. He doesn't make the most money, but his knowledge level I can, I, I would put money on it that it was the best in the GTA. I grew up with a man literally reading, like his head reading HVAC books. He never used to read regular books or the newspaper. He would literally read entire like encyclopedias, like on, on, on how systems work, how rooftop units work, how uh, everything works, right? He studies it like crazy. He would literally, go, I remember he used to literally sit on the toilet and read like technical manuals for fun. Like I did from when I was a kid, right? So he was very, very skilled at it. And he would, so he would know, he would be like, trust me, people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So stop putting them on a pedestal. And the more I be, like game, became comfortable in the profession, I realized people really didn't know what they were talking about. I remember going to a meeting once and obviously I was young. This is when I actually, like years later when I opened my own company. And I remember going to a meeting once and I was meeting with somebody who was my friend in the industry. So he obviously thought highly of me, but I was meeting with his um, engineer, right? <laughs> that the nose vest. I was meeting with his, his engineer um, and, uh, sorry, not engineer, his architect, right? Architects draw up blueprints of the house, okay? So they literally draw up like the measurements of how big the rooms are gonna be, all that kind of stuff, right? And the architect drew up the heating drawings. By the way, the architect is not supposed to do that. They don't know nothing about heating. They know about structure, right? So we, I actually started an HVAC doing design. So I literally used to draw back in the day, I used to sit at my laptop for 12 hours a day. And I used to literally draw heating systems in houses. I used to calculate heat loss and heat gain and draw out ductwork and all that stuff, right? So I knew about it very well because I had done it for years. So I, when I went to this meeting, he was showing me the drawings and the drawings literally didn't make fucking sense. Like, like, I, like, I, like literally didn't make sense. It was a two-story building and he drew ductwork on only one story on the, on the top floor of the, of the ceiling. So literally there was nothing going to the bottom floor, to the, the bottom floor. Like 
it just literally didn't make sense. Like it, it was illogical and it was actually like, like so stupid. Like the, I, I couldn't believe, and he wouldn't, he kept arguing with me that he was right and I was wrong because I was young, because I was a female, he automatically assumed that I didn't know what I was talking about. And I automatically was intimidated until I quickly found out that he didn't know what he was talking. He literally didn't know what he was talking about. And he was trying to argue with me about it. And it wasn't until later when I actually proved to him that he was incorrect, that he like was like, oh, wow. And that's my basically life in HVAC. I always had to prove myself. I always had to um, like, I would have to prove myself to get respect. I wouldn't immediately get it because I was a young female in a male dominated industry. But it just goes to show you that people are older, more experienced. They run these businesses and you, you look up to them and you think that they're this smart person. And sometimes they literally don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But that's us. We always think that someone else is going to be smarter than us. Someone else is going to be better than us. Uh, someone said in the chat, 25 years ago, when my dad came home talking about Apple stock, my mother thought it was a funny fruit and tried to shoot him down. <laughs> you see so it's it's extremely normal to feel like this but that's why i love this quote so much because it's so true we're all just kids pretending to be adults pretending that we're all grown up and figuring it out along the way literally trying to figure it out along the way so where do these feelings come from we get held back by the thought that people like us couldn't possibly be successful, that we don't have what it takes, that given all the limiting beliefs we have about ourselves, we people like us couldn't possibly be successful. We think that success is for other people. That's reserved for other people, not for me. And so that where, that's where usually it stems from. So we leave success for others by not taking action by our inaction have y'all ever like felt so like like just so like there, there's 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 no way that you could actually achieve something so you don't even try like there's no way that you could actually even do it so you don't even get up and try you leave the success for somebody else because you don't believe that it's meant for you and if you're on this call you've probably done personal development and you probably kind of surpassed that in some of your life but in other areas you maybe still haven't in other areas, you may still take less action because you don't truly believe that you're going to be able to change something or you're, you don't truly believe that you're going to be able to achieve something. We have this almost, we have this thing called pluralistic ignorance, okay? Pluralistic ignorance, meaning that we're ignorant, but we're all fucking ignorant. So we think that it's just us, but it's really all of us where we doubt ourselves privately, but we believe that we're alone in thinking that way because nobody else talks about it. We doubt ourselves all the time, but we think that we're outliers. We think that we're the only ones who deal with these limiting beliefs or these lack of beliefs or feeling like we're not good enough or feeling like we can't achieve something when literally every single other person is dealing with the exact same thing. Yesterday on live or the other day on live, somebody asked me how I've ever thought about quitting network marketing. And I'm like, girl, too many times to count, okay? 
too many times to count. And the people probably look at me and they're like, wow, this girl, she was born for this industry. She was meant to be for this industry or whatever, right? You wouldn't believe how many times I thought, is this even for me? I even do this? Bruh, I've reached massive levels of success. This pays all my bills, okay? Literally all my bills and then some. I don't have any other job. And I still think, is this for me? Sometimes I still, I'm like, I don't know, is this for me? It's human nature to doubt. You've never achieved something to this level. So it's, all, it's human nature to doubt. We all go through it. And since we can't possibly know how hard the people around us work, and we can't possibly know like what goes on in their lives or the tasks and accomplishments, like how hard they really were for them or how much it stressed them out or how much work they put in or how much they struggled or how much they had doubted themselves, how much they had to work on their, on their, on their mental battle. So we think that we're less capable than the people around us because we, we don't see their, their struggle. We see the highlight reel. So we literally think that we're less capable. And sometimes it's, it's just easier and simpler not to try. So no one causes, no one of the causes of this perfect picture of what other people are really like. We feel like imposters, not because we have flaws, but because we can't see how deeply flawed everyone else is too. That's why we feel like imposters, not because we have flaws, but because we cannot see how deeply flawed everyone else is too. We can't see it. We literally can't see it. If you guys know my story, when I first started this business, I built this business through a really deep depression. I was very depressed. I was living out of my bed for two months. I didn't go to my job at the time I was working a regular job. I didn't go to my job. I was living out of my bed for literally two months. I had bad anxiety. I couldn't be in rooms with people. I couldn't talk to people. That's when I went through uh, a really bad breakup. And I also had some like other traumatic experiences happening to me at the same time. So it was just, it was a lot for me to bear at once. And I broke down and I was literally still doing my business during this time, still doing my business. And literally nobody knew, no one knew what I was going through. I would spend all day in bed crying. And then if I had a call, which I would have a call once a week or something, if I had a call, I would literally get up out of my bed, maybe 10 minutes before the call and be like, okay, okay, you can do this. You can do this. It's just 30 minutes. It's just 20 minutes. Like you got this. I would go in the sink. I would splash my face with cold water. I put my hair in a bun and I would get on a call. I'm like, Hey guys. So today we're going to do that. And I would talk. And then as soon as I finished the call, I turn off my camera and I'd be like, <sighs> and then go right back into bed. And I go right back to crying early for months. Not one person knew when Jasmine hit uh, a, a, the six figure rank. I was, I would, that was one of the worst days of my life. Like I, I remember it. 
it was so weird because it was such a duality. I was so happy for her, but it was also one of the worst days of my life because that was the day that like I decided to, to have my breakup, right? And so I remember like literally crying all day, but just going in the chat and hyping her up so much. And she was like, oh my God, you're the freaking best. Like you're hyping me up so much. And I was literally at like one of the lowest points in my life. But you guys don't see that from the outside looking in. I mean, you guys probably know me at that time, but nobody knew, literally nobody knew, not even jazz. They would just see me continue to show up. And I wasn't my best. I didn't have the best stories. I didn't have, at that time, we weren't super heavy on social media. Like we were on social media, but we weren't as heavy as we were now. But like people didn't notice because I would just do little things every single day, but they didn't know the struggle that I had every single day. Because all you see from other people is the highlight reel. You don't see what they go through behind the scenes. You don't see that they go through the exact same things that you go through. You don't see that they have the same doubts that you have. You don't see the struggle. You just see the highlight reel. So you think that something's wrong with you. When nothing's wrong with you, we all go through the exact same thing. Nothing's wrong with you. I need you to know that. Absolutely nothing. And even to this day, you don't see how people struggle. You, somebody could look at me now and be like, oh my God, she's so smart. I love, I get compliments on my brain. You're, you, she's, such a, she's so intelligent. The way that she thinks is so amazing when it comes to these topics and blah, blah, blah. But they didn't see that I went to therapy for two years and I spent the first year twice a week for the first year crying every single session, pretty much. You don't see that. You don't see that I did basically two years of therapy. You don't see what I had to literally go through during that therapy to become the personally developed person that I am today. You just see the personally developed person. So then you start to compare yourself. And it might not be me, maybe whoever you're looking at. No one's special. This feeling of imposter syndrome is really rooted from childhood okay really rooted from childhood and you guys are going to like this part okay because we have this super strong belief when we're a child that our parents are so different from us we look up to them and they look so grand they look like they got it all figured out and you're four or you're five and it's even hard to comprehend that your mom was once your age like it literally is hard to even comprehend. And that she one time she didn't know how to drive a car and she didn't know how to cook and she didn't know how to fix things in the house or your dad didn't know how to fix things in the house or he wasn't as strong as he is today, right? And they get to people and they get to go and do all this cool adult stuff and you're just a child. So as a little kid, you literally separate yourself from them and you kind of are in awe of them. You're in awe, you look up to them. And from that childhoodness, from that childhood experience, you know, kids love to play, kids love to have fun, they love to giggle, they like to take out dolls, they like to play pretend. Parents, what do parents do for fun? They sit around a table and they talk and drink coffee. As a kid, that is so different. You don't like the taste of coffee. 
right? Someone said in the chat, if you don't say this, I will cry. This is everything. <laughs> it's going to be on the podcast. I'm dead. That's hilarious. Um, but you, you, you look at your parent and you're like, damn, they're sitting around this table drinking coffee and that's what they look have for fun. And I'm here playing pretend with dolls. You start to separate. You don't understand how they could have at some point so early in life been like you. They don't understand, you don't, you, you, as a kid, you don't comprehend that. So you automatically get this perception that other people are better than you. Other people are more advanced than you. They're there and you're here and we're different. Especially super competent and super smart people. They're not like us at all, right? Like us at all. Someone said, drank Rakio. Brandy from uh from where I'm from. Oh my god, frozen again. Do not freeze me. And then I freeze in my back. My back. Please stand back. I don't want to switch to my phone. I hope it's gonna be fine. Okay, you can hear? Okay, good. So I don't know, did I cut off? Basically, what I was saying is that you look at these parents as these smart, super competent, peak competent. I'm freezing again. Now I'm back. I don't know why I keep doing that. Maybe I should move. Give me one second. Oh, you can still hear? Okay. Let me open the door. Maybe it'll allow the Wi-Fi to flow in, you know? Okay. So as long as you can hear me. Awesome. So you're looking at your parents, like I said, as these super competent and smart individuals. So you start to perceive the rest of the human race like that, that they are smarter. They're different. That's them. And I'm me. I'm different than them. So it starts this human conditioning right? We all know ourselves from the inside out, but others, we only know them from the outside. So we're constantly aware of our doubts, of our mistakes, of our anxieties, but all we know about other people is what they happen to do and what they happen to tell us, which is literally the highlight reel. Literally the highlight reel. You might not know what a person regrets, what mistakes they've made, what fears they have, but you can 100% be sure that they have some of those things in some capacity, every single human. The person that you look up to most in the world has this. I even found that as I've been so lucky and blessed and I'm very grateful for it to actually meet some of my top mentors, Pretty much every person, except for like one or two that I've looked up to in this industry, I've already met. And the more that I met them, the more that I realized that they're fucking human. Like, that's what I realized. I, before, I would put them on this high pedestal, like they were this grand, majestical person. And like, I would literally idolize them so much. And the closer that I got to them, I realized that they're so fucking human so human and that they have flaws too and that they have things about them that are not perfect too and what i even realized is that they experience imposter syndrome too they've literally told me some of the top network marketers in the world literally told me i remember daryl drake once said at one of his events do i uh, i think it was uh, him that said it he said do i um 
question if like this is the the like if I'm doing the right thing or if I'm good enough for this. He's like every single day. Imagine multi multi millionaire in this industry still doubts pretty much every single day whether I can do this or whether this is for me. And every day works on fixing that mental battle. Multi-millionaire. So it's completely normal. But that's where those feelings come from is because we don't see that internal battle unless they tell us. So those feelings of imposter syndrome can prevent people from sometimes sharing their idea or raising their hand or reaching for a new goal or, or speaking on their stories or staying consistent in their business or posting that video that they've been thinking about posting for weeks but they haven't done it because they don't wanna, they wanna get it right, right? So, so far, the best way to talk about or work on imposter syndrome is literally to talk about it, to realize that other people go through the exact same thing makes it feel a lot more normal when you're experiencing it. When it comes up for you, you're like, oh, there's that thing again that we all deal with. Here it is again. So usually people are scared to like ask about their performance or ask about how they did because they fear that they, they, that what they think, like their, their doubts are gonna get confirmed even if they get good feedback, because sometimes it often feels like it's not enough to actually like get rid of those feelings of fear fraudulence. But when you hear a mentor or someone that you look up to talk about how they've experienced the exact same things, have they felt those same things? Sometimes it can relieve those feelings a little bit. Or even your peers, people that you work with, people that are in your circle. So when you talk to them, and you hear that they experienced the exact same thing, which is why I'm even doing this podcast, right? So people know when you, when you, when you know that, it makes it a little bit easier. It eases that, those, those feelings a little bit because you know you're not alone. There's so much power in knowing that you're not alone. Everything is so much harder alone. So when you know that you're not the only one, that every single one of you guys on this call will experience and have experienced imposter syndrome, doubts, fears, feelings of inadequacy, every single one of us, the people that you look up to the most experience it. Then it starts to ease it a little bit for you. Right? So the first step in healing is always awareness, as I always say is always just being aware. That's how I changed my life. Therapy, I just gained awareness. And as I gained the awareness, I automatically started to adapt. So once you're aware that this is real and this is normal and you will at some point experience it, when it comes up, name it, call it, let it go. Oh, there's that imposter syndrome again. Don't blame yourself for it, right? Name it, call it, let it go. Revisit some positive things about you. Maybe if you experience a lot, maybe start collecting positive things. When somebody sends you a nice message or you get a good comment or DM on IG or someone compliments you, maybe take a screenshot for it and literally add, uh, add it to a folder, right? Add it to a compliments folder or positive feedback folder and go look at it when you're feeling some type of way 
or call a friend and tell them to, to, to share some love, right? Count your blessings. Look at the things that you can be grateful for. Remember what you focus on grows. The more you focus on something, the more you get of it. So if you focus more on it, too much on it, then you're going to get more of those feelings. So try to try to name it, call it, let it go and focus on abundance. Focus on the small wins because there's a lot of things that you have done well and you forget them way too easily and way too quickly. You've changed so much in the past few years. You've changed so much. Your mindset, your presence, you've grown so much. There's so many things to celebrate. You forget them way too often and way too easily. See, someone says, I feel bad when someone hits a new rank because I don't even have one. But what about all the things that you do have? A rank is just a title. There's so many things that, like, believe it or not, that is going to push the rank away from you. Focus on the things that you do have. Have you grown since you've joined this business? Has your confidence grown? Are you showing up more on social media? Has your mindset changed a little bit? Are you developing? Are you getting leads? Are you whatever small things focus on that? And trust me, you will get more of that when you focus on it. So we'll never be able to get rid of these feelings 100%. But the more that we can have open conversations about them and understand that it's normal, increase the awareness of how common it is, the more that we're going to kind of ease that, right? Sometimes you'll feel like an imposter and you got to ask for help. Successful people do that, right? Sometimes you just need help. You need feedback. You need advice. You need someone to pour some love into you, right? But also understand that other people's minds pretty much work the exact same way that your mind does. They don't have a special mind. They pretty much work the exact same way. The shameful side, the anxieties, the fears, the doubts, we must all have them. There was a philosopher in the 16th century that said, that said this quote, kings and philosophers shit, and so do ladies, okay? Kings and philo philosophers shit, and so do ladies, okay? Literally, basically saying we all shit the same. We all think the same. We all do the same things. It's just, we're all the same. Even the successful people that you looked up to, the multimillionaires, the bosses, the entrepreneurs, the people that are the top rank in your company, the people that are high ranks in your company, we all deal with the same stuff. The only difference is that we keep going, right? The successful keep people, they just kept going. So all you need to do is keep going. And I'm gonna leave off this call with a quote. And it says this, whenever we encounter a stranger, we're not really encountering a stranger. We're encountering someone who in spite of the surface evidence of the contrary in, in the most basic ways is very much like us. And therefore nothing fundamental stands in between us and the possibility of, re, uh, the possibility of responsibility, success and fulfillment. Literally saying that when we meet someone new, they're not a stranger. 
even all the evidence, even all the things that you see about them on the surface that are saying that they are different in the, in the basic ways, they're very much like us in the most fundamental ways. And nothing stands between us and success and fulfillment. Okay. I hope you guys enjoyed that call. Drop some once in the chat if you got some value from the imposter syndrome call today. I hope you're feeling a little bit more heard. If you're listening to this, thank you so much for tuning into the Wake Up With WFAB podcast. My name is Dre. Please share on your story. Please tag us. You guys have been doing that a lot in the past few weeks and it really does help us grow. And um, if you're not in the Wake Up With WFAB chats, you can tune into the live calls where we do masterminds at the end of the call. Then just DM any one of us and we can add you in. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you guys have a good day.